0: Welcome in to another episode of The Q Crew on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore. Hi, I'm Mac, is how I should say it. And uh, we have uh, a great crew here today. This one's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I feel like Ethan is the only one on the panel that hasn't worked at Walmart. Is that
1: accurate? I have not worked at Walmart. Uh, I, I did help an old lady... Uh, select a video game for her grandson once because I happened to be wearing a blue polo, but I didn't get paid for it, so I don't think that counts.
0: Nah, well, I mean, we didn't get paid very well either.
1: Don't worry right, about it. Then we
2: have all worked at Walmart then. And we, and we didn't help, so you might have done
1: yeah. more
0: for Walmart.
1: Fucking yeah, that's empl- true. Employee of the minute is what I was. <laughs>
0: yeah. You weren't a smart employee unless you figured out just wear a blue shirt. like, And then if you wanted to get real fancy, do the button up and everybody could hate you. But... We have a fun crew. We got Nick Adams uh, uh, joining. I believe you've done some podcasts with uh, me before, but this is the first time you're on the Q crew. So that's exciting. Right? I thought You kicked me off forever. but Yeah. I, I was just lazy for a year. I had to apologize to Colin as well. Colin has been a staple on the Q crew since we brought it back. He's been on, I believe 80% of the episode. That's a number I made up out of thin air, but it seems accurate. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, cousin Jeff. That'll be the only way you can refer to him. If anybody would like to address him, it has to be cousin Jeff. Uh, he's been on a few podcasts now. Uh, Ethan's been on all of the wrestling shows, or at least the second half of them. He joined late and is just—we've uh, never been able to get rid of him. Uh, kind of like this COVID nineteen. He has a lot in common with the pandemic. And then yep. uh, Nat Harper in the in the corner there. First time guest on the podcast. I can't believe we haven't done this before. We should have done it long before now. Say I know. hi. To uh, the Tell Me More podcast audience.
3: Hello, y'all.
0: Yeah, that's four people. They're excited.
3: So I know they're ready.
0: We're here today to talk about a fun show, Dave. On it was a uh, is it FX or FXX? FXX. Yeah, I feel like Nick thinks this is the McMillions podcast.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're gonna sit through a Dave podcast? I'm sorry, man. Um, all right. all right i mean (laughs) if if i would have said it wrong this is this is wednesday mcmillions is on thursday i got a lot of stuff going on right now trying to keep them in line so uh this is a show that colin was originally the one who told me to watch it i mean in fairness a lot of people told me this was a good show and to jump in uh it took me a little while once colin said hey we need to record a podcast i'm like all right i can do that even if it's just to make fun of it which i think uh, is now Nick's role on this podcast of I watched an episode and I don't like it. So here's why I don't like it. Uh, I, I was ready to just watch it for that because you might as well have a podcast where one person loves it. I'm there to tear it down. That's what I do on our wrestling podcast every week. It's the perfect role for me. But yeah, just- from the get-go, from the jump, Dave was awesome. Uh, I knocked it out in a day. Me and the wife just sat there. Uh, we did not get up off the couch except to get little Debbie Snacks. And we made it through pretty fast. Uh, just starting out with, I know I had no idea who Little Dicky was. It was a name that floated around that I've heard, but I don't think I'd actually listened to any of the songs until this started. I did see a commercial for it, and I thought it was interesting enough to give it a shot, but not based off of where I think some people are like, oh, that's Little Dicky. Let's see if he, the show about him is good. Uh, what was everybody else's experience with Little Dicky? before watching uh, this series, or in Nick's case, not watching and then not reading messages about when podcasts are. Colin, we'll start with you.
5: So it's funny because I listened to a a fair amount of hip-hop and rap music, and I knew who Lil Dicky was, and I actually had the opportunity to see him in 2017 at Firefly Music Festival, but I decided not to because one of my favorite bands, Mizzio, was playing at the same time, and I had to choose Mizio. So to start, I didn't listen to a lot of Lil Dicky. But then when I heard this show Dave was out, I was like, oh, that's cool that he's like a rapper, but he wants to make a TV show. Um, and I, I started it on episode three. So I watched the first three episodes right off the bat. And then I was mad at myself because I had to wait a whole week for every new episode. Like I didn't wait till the whole season had already come out. Um, but it made for a fun. Like every Thursday night, I was like, okay. I'm going to spend half an hour watching the new episode of Dave. Um, but it was really cool to see the transition between Dave bird and Lil Dickie. And even though it's a TV show and it's just like not his real life, a lot of it seemed to be not far off from what his real life was like from let's say 2014 to now.
0: Okay. We'll uh, we'll jump on over to uh, cousin Jeff. Uh, what was your experience with Lil Dickie going into the show?
4: Yeah, so like I, um, I also listen to a lot of hip ho- hip-hop, um, but I also have these videos that pop up on my phone every once in a while, and, and it showed Little Dicky uh, just busting off a rhyme at a hip-hop uh, studio um, on, on the radio, and I just I fell in love with him. I thought he was good. He He's a good rapper, and, and then uh, the first time hearing about the show is through uh, you guys from that last podcast, so I thank you for that, and I, I loved it.
0: All right, good,
1: good recommendations
0: running down. Ethan?
1: Little Dicky? Um yeah, so I had only seen uh the music video for Earth um okay. before uh watching the show and that was my only exposure to Little Dicky and kind of like you uh the the advertisements really drew me in and also it's kind of like that it was right at the start of, you know, like lockdown, so it was like cool, there's another show to watch and like uh Colin said it was like yeah, this is like a thing I'm going to carve out time and watch this each week and enjoy it and uh, also, to add on to what you said, Colin, of it being like a—it's a dramatization of you know his early stage of his career, a lot like, um, like uh, uh, crashing with Pete Holmes on HBO. If you guys have seen that, or even kind of like um,
0: I've watched like a couple episodes,
1: I, I'd say even like 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 Marin is another example. Like these, a lot of comedians—that's how their TV shows have kind of always been—is it's uh, you know a, a dramatization of their actual life. But there's definitely some truth in there, but it was uh, interesting to watch. And the, the and from the ads on, you can tell it's not just about his rap career, it's more about him as a person, um, which I thought was a really cool, interesting level of character development to kind of follow throughout the whole season.
0: All right, Nat, I know you're another uh, hip hop head and I was planning to have uh, basically Brandon on here as well and just have... Uh, you, Brandon, and Colin uh, give me the rundown on uh, if uh, Little Dicky's rap chops uh, actually live up to the, the high praise he gives himself in this show. Uh, how much is the narcissism of the character, of the real person Dave Byrd, and how much uh, is accurate to what he brings whenever uh, he jumps uh, onto the mic? Uh,
3: so I actually discovered him through... His freestyles, first of all. So, like, I binged a shit ton of those on YouTube. Like, that man spits fire. Like, it is crazy when he starts going off and he finds a beat. Like, the way he switches, like, rhythms while he's, like, freestyling is pretty amazing. So, I had actually seen the uh, advertisements. So, I had a calendar set and a reminder. So, I've been watching the show from the beginning. And I love it
0: yeah i I know that it was uh, he's got a following, so that's part of you know my experience before the show is the name was in my head. It wasn't just like I've never heard of this at all, but it was also something that didn't uh, <laughs> didn't have uh, any sort of like strong opinions from people. Nobody's like running around telling me, how have you not heard of Little Dickie, this and that? you know, But his name was clearly out there, and enough people enjoyed him that it was kind of, once I saw the advertisement, I'm like, okay, this is probably the best way for me to jump in anyways, because I'm not going to go grab one of his, whether it's a mixtape, whether it's just listening to a bunch of freestyles or going and find an album, just going you know, through every track. So it's probably better to find a show on FX. And I feel like the comedies on there have been pretty amazing. Ethan was uh, comparing it to something like Marin and you know, whether it's Louis, all these things that are people being sort of... Uh, themselves, but different. They're able to kind of uh, get rid of their pride a little bit and find a way to make a great comedy because they know, okay, part of this is what I know. This is real, this is part of my life. Also, I don't have to worry about it veering away from real events, you know? And so it has a lot of things in common with those shows. But when you look at shows, whether it be Atlanta, obviously it's another uh, rapper that you can easily compare to, but I compared it to uh, m- uh, man, uh, man Looking for Woman, Man Finds Woman with uh, Jim Baruchal. Now I forgot the name of the actual show, but Man Seeking Woman. So that's another one that the, the comedy type matches more. And then in terms of the, the content, uh, obviously this is not as absurdist as that show is, but I, I've just been amazed by how many great things have been on FX And originally, you know, it's like, I probably watched Always Sunny and that's it. You know, that's probably the only thing that ever came out of there. And in the last like five years, particularly as we're getting into streaming, like I'm watching on Hulu and I'm like, who made this? And when I look it up, it's FX or it's FXX. And I don't really know the difference, but I know they're making good shit right now. So uh, I've really enjoyed that. And I knew going in that I'd probably like this style of humor. I just didn't know that it would be this, uh, this clean and this good. I think from beginning to end, this show never really let down. Uh, every time an episode ended, I was on to the, the next one and just enjoying every beat of it. And that's why right now I'm just going to keep picking on Nick. With all these people on here that love the show, how are you the one that watched an episode? I'm like, eh, eh. I wa- I, yeah, I
2: watched more than one episode. Oh, okay. Uh, and I kept going. But this show really started off on the back foot with the advertisements. Um, I live in L.A., and I would drive past the billboard of Lil Dicky basically sticking out through his own underpants. And you're and pat- saying this is a negative. Me twice a day for Stop. what felt like months. And I was like, no, I don't care about this show, and it's just some guy making fun of his dick for the whole show then I'm not gonna be into it. But friends, such as yourselves, were pushing on me and be like, all right, gotta watch it. So I'm like, fine, maybe won't hold an advertisement against the show I watch it first scene in a doctor's office, not unlike Silicon Valley, but it's like, oh no, it actually this show is gonna be mostly about his dick. And uh, when the show veers away from that, it is at its best. When it goes into the side characters, like does kind of like dedicated episodes to um, his hype man or his girlfriend or other friends, I think it gets a lot stronger in, in that way. I would hope it's kind of like orange is the new black and that maybe Dave takes a back seat. Season two has been renewed. I don't really care to see more about him trying to figure out if he's funny or a serious
0: rapper. I would
2: just care about anybody else more. And that's when the show's at its best.
0: Okay, strongly disagree, and Nick. You can leave now, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on McMillan's if you need to. Uh, as we move around, we'll start with Khalid. What about the show? Uh, was really good, and why Nick is an awful person?
5: <laughs> well, I was I was sucked in pretty quick. Like first episode, I was interested, but then like the final like two or three minutes of the first episode, when he's in the studio with YG, and he he already like had given YG's agent ten grand, and was like, "That's his bar mitzvah money." Like he's he's invested. He's gonna do whatever it takes to collaborate with YG. And then YG's like, go ahead. Like, what do you got? And he's like, oh, right now? Like, I don't know. And then he's all awkward, like just typical Dave Bird. And then once YG says, okay, screw that. And then he's going to start playing something. He's like, Dave's like, okay, allow me to introduce myself. And then goes into a 90 second freestyle that's fantastic. And then the whole season continues to show him in little clips in the studio. But that end of the first episode, I thought was one of the strongest when he finally allows himself to just. Be free and talk a little bit, and the little Magic Johnson AIDS joke I thought
0: was pretty good too. But <laughs> all right, let's keep moving uh, around. Jeff, what was uh really stood out about the show for you?
4: Yeah, that opening scene when when he's at the doctor's office um, and he's talking about how his dick, um, why well, they call him Little Dick, and he's explaining to the doctor what his dick looks like. It, I just thought it was the most outrageous beginning of a show that I've seen. And I just, I just love that. And then the episode probably was at three or four, where his girlfriend made, a, made a milking table, and then, yes. and then his roommate, and then his room, or not, I always think he's his roommate, but it's not, it's not his roommate. But his best friend pulls into the driveway, and the door <laughs> slowly goes up, and he's just sitting there, in, ah, just like staring at you. Like you, like I, they just left it. They just paused there for so much laughter, and I thought it was a great part of this whole series. It was my favorite part, probably.
0: So you're saying the parts that involved <laughs> Little Dickie's dick were actually the best parts of the show? Hey, Opposite girlfriend was involved in that
4: milking station, but I just thought it was hysterical. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was, I thought
0: it was good too. Ethan, you're next up. Uh, the last two people had really great responses but none of them <laughs> told me why Nick is an awful person so if you could uh, incorporate that into your answer on uh, what you liked about the show uh, go ahead
1: um, I'm going to say that I'll get to that part I'll work back to it <laughs> okay. but uh, I trust um, you. no my like it kind of attack on my, my biggest like uh, you know the, the minute the, the the bit that like popped me the most is a few episodes after that they're having like a cookout and Mike throws a picture of iced tea on the table and it's the milking table and it sags through is like visually the funniest thing that happens in that entire season one of the better um, callbacks not than, uh, happy about all that are we tv history yeah um and but also kind of similar to like at the end of episode 1 at the end of the season finale when he's on the breakfast club and he also has a similar moment where he gets to like kind of show his chops because the whole thing is his character v- development is based around kind of his own uh His passion kind of crossing with his narcissism and that he does have sort of these this ability to back up his own ego um, to the sense that he can put his billboard up in Los Angeles of him flying out of his own fly, representing his dick as saying, hey, I'm going to make an entire show about my dick and it's going to work and have it actually fucking work, Nick. So that's why you're a bad person.
0: (laughs) Thanks, right. Ethan, for following the question and actually <laughs> answering it appropriately. Uh, yeah, you bring up a good point, too. It's, it's not just the, the narcissism crossing over with the passion. It's the narcissism crossing over with the, like, stereotypical, insecure Jewish character that is not just a character. It is the real parts of uh, Dave Bird that he brings to the table. And those moments where you're seeing kind of him outside of rap is a guy who is not sure about himself, has a lot of insecurities. Uh, you would say a lot that we can relate to, but he, he's more insecure than the average person. And it ends up to be, you know, to hilarious ends. But it's still weird that that's who he is. And then whenever the rap stuff comes back in, he is super narcissistic and very uh, confident in his abilities where he's not confident in most of his abilities to be a functioning adult in normal life. I definitely uh, enjoy uh, that juxtaposition that he, I I thought early on that he wouldn't be able to ride that line for a whole season. And instead it like climax, not to make any sort of sex joke at the end, but that's it finished at the end in a way that I couldn't believe they stuck the landing on that arc of his character. And they did it so well. I thought that final episode uh, easily could have just been like, well, you've gone hundred miles an hour for every episode. There was no up and down. There's no real, it's just every time. Great episode. How do you finish this in a way? Nick, shut up. Uh, I think it, I think it was great. Oh, I didn't know if you were gesturing. Saying it didn't finish. So uh, pay attention to the conversation, Nick, be a good person. I think that the way they finished the season, it was amazing how it was still as good in the final episode, and wasn't this weird like, well, I guess maybe it'll be better next season. It was like I wanted to watch the next season as soon as it said, well, it started playing some trailer for a shitty show. Probably one of the one Nick told me to watch. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> I didn't watch that show, and oh, yeah. instead, I just enjoyed the end of Dave Nat. Talk to me about the things you enjoyed and just that character that he is where it's it's 50 percent him, 50 percent this like uh, exaggeration of his insecurities to keep making us laugh throughout 10 episodes or however long it is.
3: Yeah, I mean, Dave Byrne is like feels like the character that the show is based on. Like, I mean, the little dick jokes and whatever, they're there, but like they aren't in a massive quantity as much as people want to say they are. I think that that gets you hooked because it's fucking hilarious. I mean, the milking table scene, yes, that was hilarious. Go ahead, hop on the table. I'm going to eat your ass. Let's go all the way. Ride the momentum. That was, oh, so good uh but i think that like one of the important things that the show managed to do was that episode with gata and him going to the hospital and that was just so fucking impactful and it's like how the fuck did they squeeze that that much into this comedy show that's so serious and like the drug they prescribed him is actually what they use for bipolar. So I thought the realism in that was like super important. So that was my favorite part was just like how you see the characters just like subtly change or have like these background stories. And yeah, I mean, Dave Bird is great, but the rest of the ensemble is what the show is really about. Yeah.
0: And Nick, <laughs> I feel he like I didn't say little- you were right. He just said part of what you said was I'm- accurate. Yeah, but that's and all he said.
2: I wanted to follow up on that gata thing and why that works is being that we laughed with him before in his kind of manic, crazy attitude and wondering when you can't even trust him in the first couple of episodes, and then for it to come back to a very real bipolar thing. Frankly, reminded me of Rick and Morty and Rick saying wubba dub 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 or whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, these are same, same same bar. I think it's equivalent, yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Is that all you had? I thought you you were on a roll there. I was gonna let you talk for a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, I think Gata is definitely uh, it, it. It hits you too because they they there's a lot of shows where they'll try to incorporate some more serious stuff. This one was going just pure comedy the entire time, and even when they were kind of serious stuff it was baked into whether it was a dick joke or whatever else it was it stayed funny in those kind of uh more serious looks at some of the characters that episode definitely it was a complete change in tone and you know i would say it would have some people might have felt like they were taken out of the show because of it but i think it worked perfectly and they stuck with it as long as they needed to and it was something that added to that character it made me think oh wait i'm like I could be invested in the show for more than just the laughs. And I think it did a good job throughout the rest. It didn't need to, you know, stay on that tone for the rest of the time, but I think they handled it very well and incorporated it. And it almost like it was at the perfect time. Cause I think, you know, some people might've had that same idea that Nick had, you get to that many episodes where it's like, am I going to watch three seasons of this? with that level of humor you need a little bit more depth and i think they hit you at just the right time in that first season to let anybody know who might have second guessed sticking with it like that made sure yeah we're gonna stay with it some good stuff's going to happen uh colin as somebody who really enjoys uh you know rap music and enjoys uh these type of comedies uh did you think that there was the right balance in terms of the music incorporated into the stories in terms of the music that's played in terms of how much you you mentioned earlier that they uh kept focusing on some of the things outside of his uh rap career that you got those little moments early and then a little bit late but it wasn't a rap show it wasn't largely based on what he was doing in the studio do you think they found the right balance with those aspects of the show
5: so at first i wanted more music because i naturally i'm just obsessed with music so i wanted it and then as more as more episodes kind of went along, I was glad we weren't hit over the head with a bunch of beats and a bunch of music because the other characters were fantastic. Like his girlfriend played by Taylor Maysack, she was so good. Like in her role, like she played a teacher and there's that scene where she goes to her sister's wedding and her sister's the worst, but like every every character gets better and better. And like Nat mentioned a minute ago, but that scene with Gaeta, like it worked so well because we cared about the characters. Like, it didn't happen in episode one. Like, the characters were believable. They were real. And it's also cool. I did a little research and saw that in real life, Gata actually has bipolar. And so, like, it just felt so real that, like, Lil Dicky, Dave, stopped what he was doing. And it was, like, just kind of was a friend. He wasn't, like, uh, he wasn't his hype man anymore. He was just a friend in that moment. And in my personal opinion, I think this show did more for mental illness than any show I've seen in the last few years. Um, So I think that's what carries the most weight looking back on it. Um, But no, I I don't think it needed more music. I did love how the episode 10 ended, though, with him on The Breakfast Club, because that's just who Dave is. Um, But I think they did a really good job of not making music in every single episode.
0: All right. Uh, I I know after that final uh, Breakfast Club episode, I had not seen the real life Uh, you know, little Dickie Dave showing up in that funny little intro where he's like, well, I'm just Dave, that's what I call myself. Uh, That being the real intro that he has while talking to Charlemagne the God at the Breakfast Club. So I had to go watch it immediately. Uh, Kick it over to you, Jeff. Uh, How much of that were you, uh, you know, looking into? Were you like me where you just found out about this guy? You liked what you saw on Dave and you started looking up the videos and everything else? Or how much have you kind of jumped in? Have you not had enough time at this point?
4: Um, I, uh, I mentioned earlier that I just kind of saw him do like, um, just kind of freestyling at some radio, uh, shows. Um, and I just loved his, I loved his rhyme and I loved how he kind of switched beats and so smoothly too. It just comes so natural for little Dickie. It seems. Um, one thing, um, about the show, Colin, you mentioned that there wasn't enough beats and that was justified. I thought that they could have added just one more at the show. I just wish they would have, uh, had him, um, rap or they showed him on stage rapping at his first show that's my only complaint about the show all
0: right real quick we're gonna try to jump into uh the the different uh cameos what what is the the best cameo i think in my mind i have uh one just because it's not just somebody showing up and it's somebody i know but uh it it is one of the the funniest uses of a cameo uh but we'll we'll start with ethan uh, what was your favorite person uh, that's uh, famous, a rapper, whatever that showed up on the show, Dave?
1: Mm, you're putting me on the spot. Now I'm just trying to guess yours. Um, <laughs> I mean, I probably Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin
3: was <Bieber's laughs> pretty good.
1: I think Justin that uh, was so awkward. I think that because that that interaction is so painful to watch. Towards it, like it starts out very smooth and cool, and he's actually like kind of hitting his dream be in big time and like rubbing elbows just a bieber but then he gives him the most awkward fucking hug. Um also that scene gives birth to the phrase pipe, which I use on a <laughs> daily basis. Um and I'm I'm really and I even I even tack on that it is an acronym that we're trying to get off the ground. I say we because I think there's more than just me and Dave Bird out there doing this. Yeah
0: it's growing by the day. Nat, what was your favorite cameo? Oh, I'm
3: going to actually flip it and talk about the one I hated. Oh, go for it. That's perfect. Trippy Red. I mean, oh. that guy was dull and dead <laughs> and awful, and I could not stand every second he was on screen. I mean, like, I like some of his rap shit, but like, get the fuck off camera. He's got an eight yeah, in the middle of his face, kid. like a
1: fucking calculator. That's like my one of my favorite lines of the entire show. Yeah. This guy's so fucking intimidating, he's got an eight in the middle of space like he's a fucking calculator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so- Oh, I, I would agree with the the Trippy Red criticism, if not for he leads to the little kid showing up, and I feel like as soon as he leaves the screen, that is just comedy gold for the next like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love the money. It's like, do you need to eat? And the kid's just like, yeah. And he's you know, like the, everything from there. The, the, so the, the stupid wooden shirts that they're wearing, all of that. It's just so. You asinine, got any socks?
3: Yeah, socks. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that that kid should get more work so i'll give trippy red a, that kid
0: i'll give trippy red a pass because uh as a wrestling fan i'm assuming in kayfabe that that's just his actual nephew that's not a, a child actor that has to be related to trippy red don't tell me any differently nobody google it uh, they look the same i i just it just has to be like i i have to buy into the story once it's trippy red on screen as himself he can't just be bringing on fake family members just like uh i don't know who colin said is the actress but that's his actual girlfriend uh in the show colin like these this is dave his girlfriend his best friend he's best friends with andrew santino like that's just a fact like don't tell me these are actors playing roles uh yeah for me the 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 cameo i'll just hit mine and then i'll start going around to the the last people haven't said yet uh it's macklemore because god was that just it was so good and even as it's happening i assumed he was going to be as dull as trippy red and instead macklemore lands it and it might be this like peyton manning on snl type of thing like it, you just have to clear a very low bar because they've already set up the joke so well, but Macklemore walking in and take
4: like, yeah. is this is my
0: mic. Thank you. Thank you. It like it, it, he nails it. <laughs> the, the lead in is so great. And the fact that at, to that moment, I don't know how you finished the episode because it was such a dark topic that they just kind of moved around for a while in a great way. And then it becomes about Dave and how important he is about improving himself. And it was just like, there's not a way to finish this that like, doesn't end up becoming offensive because you started on an offensive topic and there's just no way out. We'll give you credit. We'll wait to see what you do, but how do you pull it off? Macklemore disrespecting rest, Dave okay. and just ruining his confidence <laughs> in that moment. Picture perfect. Love the cameo. I don't think it gets better. Nick, are you in agreement, or do you have another good option to throw uh, in?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm in, in agreement because I thought that that was the most maybe realistic part of the show. Just you know, uh, the industry, whatever industry <laughs> it is, doesn't care about you. Dave didn't get disrespected any more than anybody else who hasn't done things at that point. You know, that version of uh little Dickie hadn't done things. And so why would anybody do anything more than that for him?
0: I feel like he should have at least got to open for Macklemore. I think that's the disrespect. Yeah, right? like, yeah. He got nothing. It was just like, yeah, you were really just here as backup. Cause Macklemore was a long shot. It wasn't end. It's like, I'm not even sure if my kid liked your music. You, if you could just step to the side real
1: fast. He even, he even
4: asked Macklemore, he's like, how, are you, how much stuff do you got? To he's like, I can go all day. I can go all day. Tons of
3: yeah. hits. Huge catalog. And I then when think- he's like, let's make it so loud in here, John can hear it in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I uh, appreciated Macklemore until that
0: moment. I think it was yeah. like a one-off yeah. song kind of thing for me. And uh, now I feel like maybe I overlooked Macklemore because, God, he delivered. That was that was about as good as you could expect from somebody coming in for one scene. And yeah, just, just nailed it. Colin, uh, you, you don't, you could just say yes. And then tell me number two, if you want to, uh, well, go for it.
5: Yeah, it, it is Macklemore, but since you took that one and you summed it up pretty well, I'll just say, and I'm not a Kardashian fan, <laughs> but I just love this scene with Courtney because he says by court and it's just so <laughs> his, his girlfriend's reaction <laughs> to him calling Courtney Kardashian court, I thought was just so funny and i was like okay that's good um
0: so i'll I'll, I'll say courtney all right i'll let jeff jump in but first i want to say that what adds to that for me is when i started researching this in post that is based on a real like interaction he had with courtney kardashian (laughs) and once we get done with jeff's pick uh we'll jump to a few of the things that uh you know you find out are based on real things things such as gata is gata like that's just who he is there are some other people that you might not be sure whether they're just acting in the show and we'll talk about that next but jeff real quick uh, tell me who your best cameo was for the show
4: I think it was It has to be McLemore. that was my favorite part, favorite scene. Uh, just when he like I say, when he walked up there and he said, "I can go all day. It was just uh, it was just the perfect setup. and how he had mentioned Macklemore and being as big as Mclamore or bigger than McLemore, and just for Macklemore to take his spot, it would just kind of set up the show It's like now little Dicky's a little bit more hyped to put in some more work to do the work what it takes to do what it needs to be done to be bigger than McLemore. It just kind of set it up for a future.
0: All right. How many people here knew that uh, Benny Blanco is actually Benny Blanco and is a like literally his role is actually what he does in real life, just cutting people at the knees who aren't quite as good at the rap game as they think they are any sort of pop music game. Uh, I was not aware. I thought particularly by how weird his face was and the fact that he could act it's like there's no way he's that character. They just found a good, uh, you know, bit actor to do this, you know? Nope that's him he really does this in real life
1: and anyone who makes a, a good solid Andre the Giant reference in any form of media I'm already a fan of um I looked him up halfway through that episode because I was like who the fuck is this actor he's hilarious and I was like oh he's oh this is just him this is just who he is as a person um yeah though no, he was he added a lot especially kind of as you get to the last few episodes of the season like as far as adding a new character and it and it adding something to the show as well, when you've already grown with the development of your main core group of characters. Um, He was just this like perfect, uh, call it a chef's kiss to the, to the end of the ensemble there.
0: All right. I saw Nat and Colin both shaking their head. Yes. Like the true hip hop heads they are like, we should have just (laughs) known this going in. Uh, We'll start with Nat. Uh, You know, were you aware that that's, you know, who he was and he was just playing himself on the show?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's well, well known for producing and making beats. And he's produced some of the most popular songs oh, I or forgot number he did one TikTok, songs so in like 10, 15 years. <laughs> What's that?
0: I forgot he did TikTok. So obviously you already knew who Benny Blanco was.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love TikTok. Colin,
0: <laughs> same TikTok fandom?
5: i love me some kesha um but no i, I knew Back. who benny I, I knew who benny blanco was just because he's collaborated with some really big guys and he's produced a lots of big hits so i thought yeah. his role was really cool that he just was playing himself
3: but like i didn't know he could stretch those like cut me up pour me wasabi, grind my own nipple on me like that shit was so good <laughs> So uh, this is uh, going to be
0: tough on you guys because it's going to have to pull away from things other than what we just watched. In terms of people on TV shows that are playing themselves and delivering, like Benny Blanco, great performance. Uh, do you guys have even a couple off the top of your head that are great roles that people did where they came in, played a version of themselves, not like Louis and Marin where they're like the, the lead character, but just somebody that was on a show where, oh, here's this cameo oh, this person can actually act, and you were surprised by it. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. This is the uh, only topic I think you're going to have uh, good value on. Uh, ouch. But, uh, <laughs> you know I'm kidding, Nick, kind of. All
2: right, uh, I think the uh, whole run of 30 Rock did it pretty masterfully. They had several, um, and when they brought in real people, that were always playing some kind of twist on their real-life self, whether it's Conan O'Brien um, or, you know, uh that the new the stupid news people the whole news division at nbc when they would uh show up um i think that that was where they just got a lot of comedy from that was the first
0: okay that's a that's a pretty good one i'll change it to because i I realized i did not narrow it down enough because nick's right there's probably an endless list of when it's actors playing themselves in some kind of fictionalized version but in terms of people that uh, are not traditionally performers so in this case uh Benny Blanco's obviously in the middle of uh the performance industry, but that's not really his role to come out and do that. So obviously, if you take somebody like Conan, he's pretty good uh at playing a role okay. on TV. So like but I'm not so- criticizing you, Nick. Okay, I'm but, criticizing uh,
2: Somebody yes. like Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems.
0: Yeah, so i would count that a hundred percent. And that's uh bam, you stole Colin's answer.
5: One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, did. what's your answer? well i won't elaborate on kevin garnett but the one funny thing um that i thought of which is totally it doesn't count but i just love like when the simpsons brings on characters that play like a little version of themselves like in a little kind of cameo like oh wait that's blink 182 on the simpsons and then yeah. they're gone so totally well, different just,
3: but yeah, boy, Wink, probably you probably pointed
0: them. to uh, ethan's answer that'll come up when he gets going <laughs> he'll have a good one there uh jeff do you have a, a solid answer for this one
3: um
4: bob barker and happy gilmore oops sorry guys oh, that's good i like uh, that yeah, bob barker and happy gilmore yeah i feel I'm like that toes one.
0: the line a little bit because he is that performer he's just kind of being himself yeah like he is on price right but no he he definitely uh has to play it a little bit differently and uh nails the performance so mm-hmm. i'll give you that ethan what's your pick
1: uh, I'm going to pick Dwayne The Rock Johnson pretending to be a Hollywood actor in everything he's ever done because we all know he's a fucking wrestler. <laughs> and that is my answer. I thought I'm you were so going to go sad. Bret Hart like on The answer. Simpsons. But, uh... I thought about it. When he said Simpsons, I was like, Bret Hart is my first cameo I think of on The Simpsons. Um, and honestly, you said it didn't count. I think The Simpsons does count. Um, I think I, I would absolutely qualify uh, voice acting as, as something in this category. I think occasionally you see Kind of rarely, but maybe like people pop up on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Um, and I think that it it's never like obvious. It never drags the show down. You get shows like the League where they have, you know, NFL players in almost every episode, and some are are usually pretty bad. Some are okay, but most of them are really, really just like struggling through it. Uh, They're fun
0: moments, but I'm never looking right. at,
1: like, Antonio Gates, like, bring him it's, back on for some other role. It's <laughs> fun because of the cameo aspect, but that's about it. Uh, also, the big show and everything he's been in, except for the big show show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, Captain Insano, that. Uh, and Waterboy, and as uh, giant Santa and Jingle All the Way, America's yeah. Greatest Christmas Movie. Um, sure. Yeah, so uh,
3: wrestling is my answer. Good call. <laughs> I, I accept it, Nat. Who do you got? Oh, I'm useless on this one. I don't remember cameos that well.
0: So you're just gonna go with Gata or Benny Blanco? Just pick one from Dave. She's <laughs> go with Gata. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Hey, do I you mean, guys remember?
4: Do you guys remember a celebrity death match?
0: Yeah, I loved it.
4: Yeah. All, Basically, death match. That's my answer.
0: <laughs> How often do they actually get the real people? Yeah. They didn't do that,
1: right?
3: I don't know. Sometimes. I. I I, think they,
1: I feel like they did, but I don't know. I'd have to look into it. Mm. I feel like that was part of the whole thing, is that they had the actual people. Then again, I was like eight when that show was on, so I was easy. Nick,
0: I need you to Google it. That's your new role here, since you're wow. just preparing for the McMillions podcast.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, BoJack Horseman would be another show, maybe even more so than Simpsons, when you're talking about uh, constantly having characters even doing like long stretches uh over multiple episodes where the actors played themselves Jessica Biel um was just merciless mocking herself on that show um and
0: celebrity deathmatch give me the answer I would do a drum roll but it'll mess up the audio
2: yeah and frankly the answer is not obvious to me immediately here.
0: okay that's Um, good that's I mean we it was not obvious obvious to us immediately when jeff uh picked it but uh pretty solid uh i I don't know where else to go with this show because uh i think my next topic was going to be uh the questions of credibility for little dicky of cultural appropriation and honestly uh without brandon here for this uh i can't conduct this uh i'm just smarter than that i know not to jump into those waters um what else about this show really uh, stuck out? And I guess we'll start with uh, the, the better question. Uh, what do you want to see from Dave in season two? Uh, we got a little bit from Nick and I'll give him a chance to elaborate uh, any further wherever he wants to go with it. He'll, he'll give you a little bit of time. What do you want to see from the second season? What could, what could get you to stop saying all the negative things about <laughs> this great show that is becoming a part of the fabric of America? Uh, when the show got a little bit more surreal
2: with uh, Little Dickie or Dave um, murdering his younger self, um, I was pretty much on board for that. Uh, I don't know what that says about me. Um, but
0: like That's to... why
3: Nick's a terrible person. He just condoned child murder. He yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: right. also television. says he's he's on board with the the man-seeking woman. He wants them to copy over from that show entirely. Well, I think the closer and more
2: dangerous reason for them uh, to not do that would be the similarities with Atlanta already. Atlanta obviously already goes a lot more surreal and absurd. So maybe Dave is playing it a little bit more grounded. Um, other shows, you know, like uh, Master of None and Louie have put, used to put their tears in the absurd. Um, so I think Dave, Dave is probably going to be more experimental And I look forward to it.
5: Okay. Colin, what do you want to see from season two? Uh, first thing I thought it was more cameos give me Snoop Dogg, Fetty Wap, Eminem, whatever we can throw in there. I want to see, I want to see Dave throw down with some other rappers. Um, And I also, I'm hoping that it shows a lot or what, how he handles the success because he'll make, he'll make comments in season one about how many views he's got or like how many, whatever, or whoever he's working with. But I want to, I want to see some like how he handles the success. Like once he really gets famous because Season one, even though it was on TV in 2020, it's not like Lil Dickie in 2020. It's more like him a few years ago, um, just based on the success he's had the last few years. So I want to see not only his success, but how he handles it.
0: All right, Jeff, what do you got?
4: Uh, I want to see uh, him and his girlfriend get back together for sure. I think that'll make that happen. I don't know if he... I don't know if I don't know if he'll be better without her or better with her or if he was better with her. Um, that I'm w- waiting to see um, if they do stick through episodes without her. It'd be interesting to see how Little Dickie does because it's been interesting to see um, him under pressure and how how his beats come out when he's under pressure or how he raps when he's under pressure. Um, he just it just seems like he's a, he's a lot better when he's under pressure. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: All right, Ethan
1: uh i am looking forward to further development with the uh, supporting characters um and that that you know being what a lot of us talked about being one of the best highlights of the show is now you know season two already kind of obviously seems like it's going to take this point where he is already big almost probably at the start of that season you know season one is him trying to get into the industry and they cover it over 10 episodes so season two i imagine is already there so now it's a matter of how does, you know, Els respond and how what does it do for him? And, and do, is there like further uh, storylines with uh, his girlfriend and may, how does his manager develop and, and all these different characters that we've already seen that were with him at kind of that ground level and how they develop to that startup level?
0: I can already tell you that uh, it'll be super exciting to see uh, Mike, uh, played by Andrew uh, Santino, see him turn into the super dick agent. He's already got shades of that, and I know from his stand-up, he's going to be awesome in that role if that's why they decide to take it in season two, and I assume they will. Nat, what do you
3: want to see from season two? I want to see more of Dave's parents.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I
3: love them so much. Yeah. I love them. I mean – how could you not? They all dressed up. They bought him a fern. Like you know, they just went all out. Wait, I yeah, Dave. Our, our Dave, but is, he, is he going he to
4: Korean? be there?
3: Is he Korean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so like, his oh, oh, parents are
4: going to be
0: there.
1: That's yeah. Oh god, that's so, the that whole episode is so good. There could be a spinoff
0: show uh. that's literally just his parents and Gata. Like, what is I'd, I'd watch step. that. Oh yeah. All right. So that's that's pretty solid. Uh, I, I really want to uh, just keep talking about different stuff on the show, but I have run out of the questions that are entry points. So I'm just going to need you guys to, to pick it up. Be an uh, all-star guest. Be better than Nick. So we'll start with Nick. Uh, what, do you, what else uh, do you think we should talk about on the show, Dave? You, Nick, you can't pretend like I haven't done this to you before. You're the punching bag every time. It's, it's just fun.
5: No.
2: no, I thought we were wrapping up. I was getting, I was getting my dinner ready. You
0: could leave whatever you you just showed up for this for no reason. Yeah, I don't know why that would, be,
1: that would be par for the course for this episode if you just fucking took off right now. Later, <laughs> you guys wrap it up.
4: <laughs> He's one up the shoulders. ready.
0: All right, we're, we're getting close, but we want to we want to hit on a few more things. Colin, anything we missed? Any conversations about Dave that we need so- to talk about? We did talk about the milking
5: table, which Mm -hmm. was very important and fantastic, but I don't think we mentioned the sex doll in that scene. Oh my god! (laughs) uh, How we missed that! After after Dave is having intercourse with his (laughs) girlfriend, he wakes up in the night because he's not satisfied. Carries the sex doll from his closet to the bathroom with the with the the stick. (laughs) Don't forget the stick. Oh god! With the the stick, and (laughs) then his his girlfriend. Of course, his girlfriend has to go pee. And so while he's in the bathroom, he tries to hide it in the shower, she rushes in, and that 90 seconds, I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard in my life.
2: <laughs> it was well, there, pretty, uh, it, pretty good. That, there's a line between is he kind of an off shucks every guy type guy, or is he kind of a lunatic that has half of a sex doll that really <laughs> looks like a serial killer's plaything?
0: yeah you know, nick brings up a, a a good point this is this is what will veer and probably do something I, I to get also one of us fired from our our day jobs i'll let ethan go first but then i'll get say, us into I, uh, offensive
1: I, territory in the sense
3: day job so
1: the biggest thing i was going to say is i agree with Allie and why does it have legs <laughs> <laughs> Just i don't know to simulate like human form <laughs> just him being caught in, in that head. moment him and the him caught in that moment as well as again going back to the stick when he pulls that out of the way. Oh, I must have tracked this in here. Just for some reason the fact that he just keeps a a stick around to clean out his sex doll is and just keeps it on hand is maybe the funniest part of that whole bit to me.
0: Right. so I I, I was wondering this when I I went back and I watched uh, I'm trying to think of which one of the videos it would have been. It might I don't think it was ex-boyfriend. I think it was like What is it, like, uh, male, like, hype something, whatever the, like, third video he did where it's, uh, like, I, I just remember there's a scene where he's in the bed and there's a fleshlight rolling on the floor. And all I could think was, growing up, like, we didn't have that type of thing available early enough in our lives to even think it was a solution, you know? Like, Maybe that's something that at a different age you're young enough and desperate enough, easy enough to uh steal your parents' credit cards and get that ordered. Maybe younger generations actually think that that's something that's not just super weird and puts you into crazy terror. I don't know, I don't know. I just know that it seems like you know, uh, Dave's probably like I don't know, well, like, yeah, of, four years younger than me, like he's like 26, I think, right now. He's so like. Nick, I don't know what you're shaking your head at.
3: Well, None of y'all actually owned a Fleshlight? Nope. nope. Like, is this a thing? Okay, welcome to my first podcast. (laughs) Fleshlights are great. (laughs) So, like, I can't blame them. But, like, the whole thing with legs just seems so unnecessary. Like, you can have something that's, like, handheld. Come on, man. You know what's handheld? Doesn't feel as good. Let me just tell you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so here we go we found uh, the divine right. not just based on um, age it's just well, since, based since on uh, i was gonna say reference since, i
1: guess the way sin is not on the show i guess that makes me the resident progressive <laughs> um, and in that in that sense i'm gonna say uh to each their own and no king shaming the legs are weird but that's as far as i'm gonna go as far as shaming colin
0: do you have anything to weigh in on, or do you just pass on this one? Well, okay. So I
5: will. I know we've been talking about this sex doll, but it is the, the timing was perfect because Allie had just been expressing wanting to talk more about sex and what they liked and what she wanted and what he wanted. And the fact that he was hiding this sex doll in the closet and then going in the middle of the night to do things to it. And all of a sudden, she's like, I'm your human girlfriend and you won't talk to me about what you want, but you're doing this. It was just like, it made Dave more likable in a weird way because I'm like, he's just stupid. He's just immature and stupid, but he, his girlfriend still puts up with him. Well, at least until the uh, end of the season, spoiler alert.
2: Maybe related to something that Max said earlier, like, you know, Dave, maybe his character is 26, but little Dicky Dave in real life is 32. And I find it interesting that the show wants to age him down because it's still okay to romanticize a twenty something who wants to make it as a rapper, but a thirty-two year old trying to still make it in the industry would apparently be sad for
1: something. Isn't well, it
0: also just matching up to his real life time? Yeah, time? it's
1: it's like it's like Colin was saying, like I think it's more based on who he was about, you know, six, seven years ago, probably. I think it's like
0: 2015, so it's supposed to be five years ago, because that's about the time he's on sure, the Breakfast yeah. Club, yeah, yeah, going today, from being overnight yeah. success to being a legitimate rapper with actual albums, and he's doing, he, he's bringing on real rappers to be on his tracks. Right. So I think it's around then.
2: I don't think reality should be, you know, a pair of handcuffs that stemmy creativity. Like, oh, don't worry, this is a true story. Um, if a fictional story would be better, tell that one.
0: Yeah, but if, it, if you're basing it on your uh, jumping off point is his life and how he got there, I think when you – you could change some details, but when you decide that, okay, he is 33 instead of 24 and up and coming, it is sadder when you're that old and just now, like, I just jumped into rap. So, like, maybe that adds a little bit more to uh, what would make you like the show, Nick, but the rest of us want to see some of that reality, how it plays out, and a, you know, uh, looking behind the curtain, kind of that fourth wall break. And if you change the age, then yeah, it's like, I just kind of get sad. Anyway, sometimes little Dickie makes me sad because he is the type of rapper that I know he's good, but he's inspiring a lot of people I know in my town that suck at rapping and aren't going to give it up for another (laughs) 10 years. And I worry about that. It's like, they're all think they got it. I'm like, Hopefully the show teaches you. You shouldn't emulate what rappers are talking about and their life experience because you won't get what they had on their first album when they're talking about the streets and you won't get what they have on their albums after that talking about the Lambos and the VIP and all this other stuff because you're not going to get to experience that, not at least until you're successful. You should talk about the things that works with little Dicky. The common things in your life, if you're good at rapping and you fit those into a compelling rap, People will enjoy that and you can make money off it, but they instead focus on the wrong details. The details, what you need to emulate is the time those rappers put in to get good. Little Dickie spends that time getting good at collecting. He talks about like kind of on the show, it's about, I do this slowly, but in real life, it's if you don't have the money and you still want to produce a great rap album, great rap song, it's going to take you longer than somebody who's in the studio working with great producers, great equipment. He did most of his early stuff with a $400 microphone, which is a little expensive to a lot of people, but he invested it himself. And then he realized once he made that first track and wanted to be a full-time rapper, this costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if we're going to talk about the things that, uh, you know, uh, are the real life Dave Bird and how that kind of reflects on the show and what I kind of wish they had a little bit more in there. He is a, like a groundbreaking individual in terms of breaking out through the internet. And obviously we know YouTube came out in 2006. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, you can go back to stand up, Dane Cook being one of the first ones who was able to utilize message boards, online, Facebook, whatever, to grow his audience, grow his fandom, and to make a lot of money. Little Dicky is one of those guys that started doing it in the, you know, 2010s where it's hard to make high quality rap music without all of that investment all of that capital and he just got a little bit he took his time and he knew this has to be good before i release it i'm not just releasing it because four of my friends thought i had one good bar and that work ethic i think you can learn a lot from it and that's the thing that he knew rappers did you have to put in the time now once you show what you're capable of you start making those jumps you you start moving up and then you can, you know, make even better stuff, which one of the greatest things Dave Bird ever did, I uh, was talking with, uh, I think I was talking with Ethan yesterday about it, the uh, music video he did for cheap, where he tries to make this fancy oh, yeah. video without save spending. that money. Yeah. He, he made that whole <laughs> video by just asking people to let me use your Lambo for 10 minutes, let me film in your mansion for 15 minutes. And that sort of uh, work ethic com- combined with blind optimism, is really the American dream. And that's what I learned from Dave, but not even the television show. That's what I learned from looking up Dave Bird in real life and seeing how he was successful. And I think uh, everybody should learn from that. Uh, just-
2: His working in real life is a great story. But I think him in the show is more than a great story where he can play video games instead of working. He can just do the freestyle rap when he needs to that, uh, the first viral video he tries to make goes viral. The little Dicky in the show is way more fortunate and doesn't seem to work as hard as the little Dickie in real life. The show's about erasing pencil lines of reality.
0: Yep, that's one way to take it, Nick. That's why we brought you on today. Who else has something else to say about uh, the show, about Dave Bird, uh, about why Nick is awful?
3: Well, I just want to go back to the record contract um and how they show portrayed that like walking away from so many offers because they would he would have to give up creative control. I thought that was emphasized so well so that like you know people maybe in your little town trying to make it would know, don't give up creative control or you get vanilla ice syndrome um, and they only gave him two hundred grand, so I think. People think that it's going to be, you know, a billion dollars for your first deal when you're getting a couple hundred grand and they might be making millions on you.
0: Yeah. And I, I it's really, I, I would say that's where I kind of agree with Nick in terms of what's real and what's not kind of uh, getting blurred in a way that might be a negative. That is like a positive that maybe you take that away at the end of the show. There are people that see that and they have more knowledge than they had going in. It's also really tough though, because those little tidbits are hard to pick. What is the truth and what's done is kind of a bit. What's done is it just fits the narrative of the show. So that's probably the, the, the worst part is I think this does uh, open up that door in a way that could give uh, people who want kind of uh, a quick look in the industry, want a, you know, a little quick tip. Uh, maybe there's, you know, people see other aspects of the show, but they don't notice what uh, Nat just brought up. Cause I didn't really think about that other than I just thought it was an interesting moment where, you know, he's trying to pick creative control over the the price tag, but I didn't really think about that idea. There's a lot of people that do think it's a million dollars off the bat. And it's like, no, it's that first bit influx of cash. So you can keep doing this. And if you keep putting in the work, then you can become a big hit and start actually making that type of Lambo cash that you see rappers start making. So that's, that's a, that's a great point there.
1: I will say if you hang on to too much creative control, you and your buddies, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash will drive WCW world championship wrestling into the ground. So
0: that's
1: just another lesson for the kids out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Jeff, do kids listen to the show? (laughs) We haven't heard from you in a bit. What's what was kind of your biggest uh, if there were life lessons in a show that involves a lot of dick jokes, uh, a show about a guy whose rap name is Little Dicky. What was the biggest thing you took away?
4: Um, I don't know if I'm going to talk about that, but one thing did pop up in, in mind that we haven't discussed yet, uh, when little Dickie and Gata was walking by on the sidewalk and the tour bus comes by and says, look, it's Wiz Khalif. <laughs> he's like, are you Wiz Khalif? And he's like, yes, I am. <laughs> and then they just get out walking <laughs> shaking their hands. Are you,
1: are you the gay guy from Modern Family? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: see, Dave was always the one that had issues with people coming up and saying things. And what do we learn from the other characters? It's just like they teach you in improv. Somebody asks you a question, just say yes. Someday, they will give you a million-dollar rap contract. Like, that's how it works. You just got to trust yep. the process, say yes a bunch, even when people, you know, think that, uh, you know, Nick is, I forget, like, which uh, which doppelganger offends you the most. I'm oh, trying Uh, Give give me your top three of people that uh, somebody says you look like that you really hate when you get that uh, reference.
2: Um, I think, I mean, it just hurts. I wouldn't say I hate it because I'm not going to We're not
0: focused on your feelings. We just want to run down the the list.
2: Uh, Steve Buscemi, Tim (laughs) Curry, uh, Fry from Futurama, Matt. I was
1: going to say Abed from Community. Yeah, solid. I see it. It, maybe it's just the camera but i don't know
2: yeah uh because <laughs> um yeah i think mac were you the one that said like manny pacquiao
0: <laughs> no i didn't say that but i like it i'm saying it now thank you this was a recon he just gave me all the information this is like on the wire when they ask him where is the place that you don't want to go so we won't put you there and he's like i don't want to be on the boat you just got yourself stuck on the boat manny pacquiao Awesome. Colin, what was your big takeaway from the show, Dave? What was the life lesson you learned?
5: Well, I think that one of the things that stood out to me was uh, shortly after I watched the show, I saw an interview with Dave Bird on Jimmy Kimmel talking about how a lot of the things on the show he did in real life. He actually did use his bar mitzvah money, his bar mitzvah money in real life to make a music video to like, to try to, to, to progress his career. And a lot of the, characters he actually was friends with. and so I thought it was cool that he stuck true to his guns when the show really could have gone a bunch of different ways. he wanted to portray a real version of himself. So I appreciate that. But also we've been making fun of Nick a lot, which has been really fun. but <laughs> a, point, a point he made a few minutes ago was that on the show, little Dickie might not work as hard as he does in real life, and I think that's true because Dave admitted he worked for years before he ever had views on YouTube. And it doesn't really show that in the show. So shout out to Nick for pointing that out. I think that the show could have done more of showing how far he worked or how many years he spent trying to make it before he finally did. And the show, it just shows him at a library saying, somebody sucked me. And then it goes viral.
0: Yeah, you bring up a lot of good points, Colin. Ones that uh, Nick didn't bring up or didn't articulate very well. Uh, I think that that was a, a good job there. Uh, but also, since you went against my rule of only saying negative things about Nick, that's the last thing you're going to say for this podcast. Uh, I'm trying to think there was, a, there was a few more things I wanted to hit for the show, but I think we knocked out enough of it that uh, this, this has worked out well. And unless it uh, hits me really quickly, we're just going to get on out of here.
4: Um, uh, Nick, you've been in the bottom of my screen the whole time, and that's annoyed annoyed the fuck out of me, and you won't go away. I wish I could replace you with uh, with Colin. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Jeff. So, so you know, Nick. Jeff knows the rules. I think you mean Cousin Jeff. <laughs> yeah,
0: you were supposed to say Cousin Jeff. I was supposed to say it, and I haven't done it
3: yeah. at all. yet Nick, Nick, right.
1: Nick, I think the best part of this podcast is when you walked into your own background and it disappeared for five seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's on my
2: background. Um, oh no,
1: you you're, you're. I'd actually enjoy more of your background if you could uh, be if you could be more of a supporting character in this uh,
2: really screen got, here.
1: I'd appreciate three it. Three no, me. honestly, I just appreciate there being somebody else who's a punching bag. Normally, it's me. Uh, it really, so it really, is. No, really, yeah, yeah. So, also it's, fun. It's, <laughs> so hear so you, brother.
0: Yeah, one more thing with Dave, and this go, does go off call but I do remember what I was thinking. Uh, in terms of stuff that doesn't show up in the show, Nick, I'll give you a chance for a rebuttal at the end once we stop the recording. Um, so Dave uh, has all these like aspects of his life that aren't brought in. Like when he got started, he was working at an ad agency, just originally just being kind of an accounts man, and then he moves to creative which is probably where Nick should have gone with his life and then become a rapper and maybe wouldn't be mean to him. But he was assigned to do like videos. And I think he said he did it for like Doritos. And it wasn't even like an ad for Doritos. He got to be the guy who did like some video they showed at like a company Doritos meeting thing that they just brought him in for that. But he got to use really fancy equipment. And that's when he learned how simple it was to shoot your own video. As long as you had the right equipment, you knew how to do it. And part of that uh, video where he tries to spend as little as he can, he rents out the cameras and returns them. Or he might have bought the cameras and then returned them. So he doesn't even pay the rental fee. He just buys cameras that he knows he's not going to keep and sends them back. And it, it is crazy that we're in this era where we can do a podcast like this and my face is in high def on this DSLR camera. And it wasn't the cheapest thing, but it was... Reasonable for me to purchase it. There is so much technology that we can put together. And the fact I've been able to do this podcast for three years is because at different times on Amazon, I could jump on, spend a hundred bucks to buy a new piece of equipment and slowly build up studio grade equipment. That's something that wasn't available before this decade. And that is one of the other big takeaways I get from Dave. It's not just the hard work, it's that we have now gotten to this point where technology is more readily available it is still not uh, easy to obtain. You still have to decide, I want to dedicate myself to this and you're going to have to invest in it. And I don't know how much I just connected with that because I've been going through the same creative processes of trying to buy that equipment, making sure that If there's 12 people listening, those 12 people know that we've put a lot into the production value. So that's something I definitely connect with looking back, and I wish that was incorporated into the show just a little bit more. Uh, Nat, anything else for Dave you want to talk about before we get on out of here?
3: Hmm.
2: Are you a fan of seeing Mac in high definition? (laughs) Always. Have you seen him in low definition?
3: 4K, Mac. I'm all about that. (laughs) Eat it up. (laughs) How do you like seeing Nick
0: in decent definition?
3: (laughs) I don't know. I feel like my definition is so weird because I have this white background. Yeah, but you got the hair and the glasses. You're popping. Like, I just look celestial right now. So, like, I'm pretty good with that. Nick looks like like, he uh... just lost
1: to Floyd Mayweather. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of
3: uh, the Silicon
1: Valley episode when uh, Dinesh, like, fixes their, like, Wi-Fi connection so you can stream with the girls. Like, it's me, Pakistani Denzel. She's like, (laughs) "Uh uh-huh, Pakistani Denzel.
3: (laughs) It's back in 4K. I feel like the big takeaway from Dave is just, like, give up your job and become a SoundCloud rapper. True. I
0: wish I had the skills and I would do it. That's the big key is you have to have the dedication. You have to put the time into it. You also have to actually be good. And uh, I realized very quickly, I'm not very good at a lot of things. So know, any, I mean, you don't have to be that good. Uh, I wrote a rap and oh, can-
2: I
3: want to hear this. Yeah, let's hear it. So shout yeah.
2: out. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube. It's the what? cool. Cool. Mr. Josh. Let's hear a live
4: version. Yeah, yeah, go now. Let's hear a live version. But I don't
2: have, I don't have the lyrics in front of me here,
4: but I'm saying you can watch yep. the
2: video. You can see uh,
0: some really talented child rappers. So Nick Adams just said that when we start the McMillions podcast tomorrow, it will open up with Nick rapping his famous what? What was it called again? School raps? I don't think I can rap it.
2: I mean, the rights are with the producer.
0: We're on a podcast. There's no rights violations. Nobody watches this.
3: (laughs) Nobody sees the crime. There is no crime.
0: (laughs) We need at least a thousand views before anybody even looks our way.
4: Um, Kaz and Mac is not a lawyer, by the way. So. That's I
0: I I right now. Kinsey's studying to be a, uh, like a law clerk or something, and I listen to her read her book sometimes. And I don't understand a lot of it, but I'm practically a lawyer now.
1: Kenzie has repeated courtroom moments enough to you, just from her journalism career, that you're basically a lawyer.
0: Yeah, that's how <laughs> I've watched like four Zoom like trials like this month. Like I'm a lawyer now yeah watch the oj absolutely. doc
3: absolutely
0: like i mean cuba gooding jr was a little weird but i thought that the the oj show on uh fx was pretty good too all the yeah, way well, around fx makes great stuff uh nick i did promise you a chance for a rebuttal uh we did make you the punchy bag it seemed like fun but anything else you want to say before we get on out of here uh no, uh frankly I liked
2: Dave probably I think everybody would have figured out more than it was led on to believe and I really appreciate that you know most people ended up agreeing with this punching bag on a lot
0: of points.
3: <laughs> I didn't I looked out for you. <laughs> Nick, Wait, you're the kidding. best
0: you're the best punching bag in the biz also you make uh great stuff. I think you sent us a chat link to the 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 rap, but also uh, he makes some uh some some really good scripts. And uh, if if you want to give your second to plug whatever the the latest thing is that you've made that people need to to go watch, because uh, I've watched a lot of your short films. They're pretty good. I'm not saying that just to make up for how mean I've been throughout this. Nick's a really good writer. I really enjoy his stuff. And hopefully uh, there's some other big things that come out in the future because I expect big things from you, Nick.
2: Oh well, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, No, uh, for real, check out Mr. Josh's Cool School. Uh, I can't speak to every episode, but the synonyms
0: and antonyms episode uh, was the one I wrote. Only good one in the bunch. I I mean. That's that's what what I I said. said. You don't have to to say it so you don't get work again. I said it. (laughs) All right. We're going to have to get out of here. Colin, anything to say before your phone goes completely black?
5: (laughs) i apologize it's the sun has been setting and i should have turned some lights on and it's just the gradual phase i hope you guys appreciate that no if you haven't watched (laughs) season one watch it now fxx hulu
0: nailed it all right everybody we're out that's it that's all we have for this episode of the q crew uh we'll be back shortly with one on mcmillions and one on whatever we start watching next uh later folks